What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the Sleepers Podcast. It's Wednesday, September 6th, and uh, I think it feels sleepy today. There's a storm outside my window. I sit up till 1 a.m. watching tennis with you. And what's going on on your face right now? Yeah, uh, this is. I didn't want to be too loud about my tribute today, but I had uh, four teardrops in honor of four free Jim Harbaugh. Man, um, you know it wasn't just an it wasn't just a one day thing yesterday. It's I'm screaming free you every day in any way possible. Um, so I have these four teardrops in honor of four uh, Jim Harbaugh. Free that man. Who do you think is? making a more significant serious effort towards the free gym movement is it you or is it jj mccarthy it's me because i'm doing it when the cameras aren't around i want to sleep with these four teardrops on my face now that's just a lie because i just saw you draw them on camera right now Greg, why 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 is that what we're doing is that what we're doing is it's behind the scenes not sacred anymore we're not a podcast that lies unless it's that's to benefit true. each other and that's true. This, this doesn't benefit me right now. Uh, we have three topics today, as we do every day. Uh, Michigan State is after a legacy recruit. We'll see how Carter Elliott feels about that. We're going to play our first rendition of, as of today, pick your final four, which is a game we love to play almost every single day throughout the season. But we're going to stake our our claim on four teams today and we'll see what happens and then uh, we're going to talk about some under the radar slept on players in big 10 basketball i think you and i took wildly different approaches to this exercise without knowing the players just from how you're talking about your list i think we took wildly different approaches and i think we're going to hate each other's lists equally so i'm looking forward to that segment but uh first we got to start with comments as always carter do you have a favorite youtube comment from yesterday uh, yes, I do. Uh, mine came from Boilerball3094. Uh, not enough Purdue coverage. Um, also, you need to dress better and stop wearing hats. Be fancy. Do we need to dress better for these? I think we need to dress worse. <laughs> That's where my head went when I read that comment. Like, Because I, I put also, a little he, thought and effort into this. He, he also said, side note, can't, can't we get Hummel on this show? I think he'd up your game. I, I almost one of the hardest working people in show business. I just don't know if we're getting him at 9 a.m. on a weekday that he can hop on sleepers. I think we probably could get him if we like planned ahead and had a reason to bring him on the show. Not just like, hey, can we get you this day? It would be like to talk about something specific. But I think Robbie is nice enough to actually do that. I think uh, <laughs> it's hilarious to me. The comment is like, Robbie Hummel would really up your game. No shit. He's Robbie Hummel. <laughs> like He's literally the best college basketball media member there is, even being remotely associated with him in any way ups our game. So, uh, like, sorry, I'm not Robbie Hummel. One day I will try. Carter kind of looks like Jawan Johnson if you squint a little bit. But, like, outside of that, there's no comp here. 
Don't know how to do not know how to take that and or feel about that. But this also bumps Purdue down in my rankings because they're worried about all the wrong things. They're worried about giving Hummel on the show when they have a CVS across the street from Mackey. Like that that's the thing. It they're not doing their part. I also think we do talk about Purdue a lot, don't we? Yeah, we did. Almost too much. Shit. But I also think that comment was meant nicely. I don't think this is like a hate comment. I think it was just like a like talk about my squad. I, I listen. That's how I interpreted it. Let me get it off the chip on the shoulder bank then. I usually fill that up every morning. I'll take that out. When you got a crack, you don't need to fill it up every morning, my friend. One day I'll get you there. All right. Uh, let's should we move to the Discord. Good. That was a bar. Yes, we can move to the Discord, but that was a bar and that needs to be addressed. Please. I've, I feel like you've met, I've said that exact bar like four different ways over Had, the last. But that one was the perfect one, though, that that the, when you have a crack, you don't have to fill it up. I'll teach you one day, my friend. Let's move on to the comments. That was top tier. All right. I'll take it. Thank you for that. Uh, OK, good day in the Discord yesterday. Couple new signups yesterday as well. Shout out TJ is in the Discord now, a longtime friend of ours, uh, and a featured participant in the newsletter. The only outsider that we've ever extended an invite to contribute to the Sleepers newsletter with before. So maybe we'll have to make that a more frequent thing. But um, let's jump into somewhere in this because there's a lot of comments from yesterday. I don't think all of these are comments. It was more discussion. I'll try to pick out the ones that are most comments. Uh, Fam says, after listening to the U.S. Open segment, I'll give it two years before Cart replaces Eubanks on Tennis Channel as their roundtable analyst. Ah, I, give me like, give me five. Give me five. But I am locked in. I The true test is that if I can lock in on a Tuesday when they're playing in the 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 rick's american cafe open i I feel like i'm a big tennis match watcher now i watched cincinnati don't know if that counts as i feel like that's a pretty big tournament as well i need to lock in on the wednesday tournament that's outside lansing catholic like that's what i need to do but i'll get there eventually yeah also i don't think you should ever want to be the next eubanks or strive for that as a goal uh the more that i see from mr eubanks who i loved just off watching him play tennis until i realized like this man would rather be an analyst than a tennis player and he was just at the wimbledon quarterfinals like three weeks ago uh he's also like gassing up ben shelton like trying to scream at him that carlos is afraid of ben shelton carlos is afraid of no one First of all, let's be very clear about that. And it's American privilege that is making everyone like gas up a 20 year old who's going to get smoked by Novak. More on that in my one big thing. Uh, Derek says, what's the right amount of points to play in an open gym slash pickup hoops? I mean, I, I feel always strongly about this. I do first game to 15, twos and threes. Following that, you do games to 12, twos and threes. And then the last game which is always the shittiest game of the run typically because you always, always want to, there's always those people that want to do one more than the one more you don't need to do. That game goes to 15 and that's how you do it. Uh, I am an advocate though of, at least I used to do this when I played in like the actual, like super competitive run. So like when I was playing with like really good, really, really good people like D one players or some pros and stuff like that, you go to seven and all ones, which is pretty intense in its own right. So I feel like those are the only two, ways to do it yeah i think the best pickup games are played to 12 i'll just say that 15 12 12 12 12 12 15 is also the format that my 
local pickup hoops runs use. Uh, I don't enjoy the games 15. <laughs> like I'll, I, I will play them. Those are the rules, but like, I'd rather those games are just 12, 12 is the right number. Everybody's gassed by the time you get to 15 when you're in your thirties. And uh, nice. I like, I like good basketball, not bad basketball, even when I'm just yeah. playing pickup. So, there's nothing I hate more. And it's a rule I've been implementing as of late. If there's that last game where dudes are like one more, let's go to 15. I just stop at that game. Cause that, that last game is awful basketball and it's yeah. pointless. It depends on how hot I'm shooting that day. Like if I'm if I've made like seven of nine, you can't pull me off the court. But if, if I missed my last two, then yeah, probably time to go home and get some dinner. Uh you also talked about uh playing one on one and how that should be played. Three dribbles. You're a strong proponent of that. Yeah, I, I think it should be widely implemented throughout all of basketball circles. If you play one on one, you gotta play three dribbles. If you can't score in three dribbles, that's on you. But Three dribbles is how you should play one-on-one. Otherwise, people are just going to be out there dribbling around, doing nonsense. Three dribbles and no offensive rebounds. I also agree with that. Uh, the no offensive rebounds is the more key part to me. But more importantly, don't play one-on-one after a certain point. If you're not a competitive basketball player, you have no business playing one-on-one. That's how I feel. Like You, you and I, in our current states, should never play one-on-one. Not against each other either. I'm talking against anyone. Like you should not be playing one on one against anyone. Oh, what do you mean by that? Except your dog on TikTok. Okay. See now, <laughs> fill up the crack. Now, <laughs> now I'm not like that one on one. Uh, last thing, uh, twos like three pointers being twos has to happen. Like if you're playing a pickup game of five on five and there's no three pointers with extra value. What are we doing? Like we're yeah, taking away a whole also, element of the game. Yeah. Also, I just realized I said by I said twos and threes. I meant ones and twos up to twelve too. By yeah. the way, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't mean to say that. I figured. Yeah. Uh, good discussion though. A lot of people with different ways that they prefer to play in the comment section. So it's interesting, depending on where you grow. Like you and I apparently grew up in similar hoop circles that we landed on 15, 12, 12, 12, 15. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what other way you would do it, but it does irk me when people play other ways. Like if someone comes to the court and like let's play to twenty one, what? Why? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Go home. Yeah, agreed. Uh, new question here, Ethan Basilis. His question for the pod: uh, favorite sneakers of all time, either to hoop in or just wear casually. I got the Jordan three white cement. MJ's free throw line dunk in them is iconic. Hmm. See, so my favorite to hoop in, uh, in general, are Kyrie's. Um. But I think maybe, honestly, maybe my favorite hoop shoe of all time, one of the most comfortable ones, is Paul George's first shoe. Paul George ones. Very comfortable. Uh, also, I put in tie with that Giannis's first shoe. Those are very comfortable as well. Um, favorite just sneaker of all time. I'm not really a sneakerhead or anything like that, so I'm pretty simple. So I just like, I like ones. Just high top ones are just, they're comfortable, they're casual. You can wear them with anything. So I would just go with just a pair of ones. Yeah, I appreciate this question. I am so far from like a sneakerhead. Like I just am not a shoe guy. Two things I'm not a shoe guy and a car guy. Really don't care. Like just just do they work? That's what I care about. Like I'm not necessarily trying to flaunt style points with shoes or with cars. Uh, that's the middle-aged white dad in me. But I will say my you, favorite. You have a shoe though. I know your shoe. Well, my favorite pair of basketball shoes ever was Kyrie Hyperdunks, which is ironic because I despise Kyrie Irving. 
But he Kyrie makes great hoop shoes, though. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite. I had a couple good runs of various forms of Kyrie hyperdunks in college. Um, but yeah, just like recreational shoes. I mean, I do have a go-to shoe, but I'm not even going to say it because I don't like prioritize it like it's a go-to shoe. I know what your go-to shoe is. What's the go-to shoe? Uh, the SBs. Yeah. Yeah, it's your go-to. You got those in various colors. Yeah, do. But that's just more out of convenience than like style points. I don't know. I don't know. I respect people who care about shoes and how they look. I just can't get into it for some reason. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm also not a car guy either. Yeah, but we might have to flesh that out one day. Respect yeah, like, people, people, always are, ask, but... people always people ask you to like if you make like a lot of money, what's the first car you're gonna get or something like that? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I just drive my truck like I do now. This might be uh one maybe we gotta flip our own thing on us, but are we are we being poor right now? No. I think we're being I think we're being poor right now. We don't care about cool cars. We don't care about cool shoes. Are we Damn, being we're we, being maybe... poor? Maybe we are. Yeah, we're going to have to look ourselves in the mirror after this one. Thank you for the question, Ethan. Ethan also had one of my favorite comments of all time last night in a different channel. Uh, we we started talking a little Peyton Thorne again, which I should never do. I just I need to completely clear that. But Ethan said uh, something about you being halfway right all the time just pisses me off. Say it to myself all the time. It's a pretty good way to summarize my existence, I think. Uh, shout out to Ethan, though. Appreciate you. Keith says, if you could grant one Big Ten team besides your home a national championship, who would it be? Hmm. You know, I don't know if I can give the good folks of Champagne a national title. I don't know what it would do to that fan base. It might rip it. It might combust on site. Uh, I'll give it to the Buckeyes. I think I want to see Ohio State win one it's so wild how much of a buckeye you are it really is like we, uh, yeah there were no ohio state fans we interacted with we met fans at every place we went to that we like had a great time with we really enjoyed it and ohio state we got none of that and you just want to reward ohio state fans yep that's crazy to me okay uh i so my my gut reaction immediately was purdue because I think Matt Painter deserves one. But the more I thought about this and let this settle a little bit, it's Illinois. It truly is Illinois. <laughs> After all I've been through with Illinois fans, uh, how great would it be if Brad Underwood won a national title at Illinois in this regime? Why do I feel like if Brad Underwood did win a title with this Illinois team, he would leave immediately after? He probably would. And it would be we would get some backstage access like we'd be buoying up with a national champ uh our youtube views would be through the roof champagne would be going up that would be by far the most like if purdue wins a national title as much as i want to see that for their basketball program is west lafayette hosting a book club night on tuesday to celebrate okay but so we're talking like what town would go up the most like bloomington would go crazy bloomington would go crazy but i'm i'm sticking with champagne i'm sticking with champagne keith I'm still Ohio State. Keith says his is Indiana and Bloomington for the record. He says the most diehard fan base, a true basketball school, returns to glory. Yeah, it would be good for the conference. Honestly, I wouldn't be upset if any Big Ten team wins a title. I, I think we need one. And uh, Cart would just be upset if it was Michigan. But other than that, anybody can do Indiana it. Indiana getting one would be huge, too, because I feel like they could talk about that when they talk about Indiana instead of talking about Hoosiers, which is a terrible movie. Tristan. 
says, if the bag truly didn't exist, which top recruiters would still do well and who would be ruined? Hmm. So I think not even a homer pick. I think Izzo would still do well. I think he'd still do well because he has a – I think the coaches that would do well are the ones that have kind of like that established pitch or that established uh, – I don't even know what the word would be that comes to my mind. I think like the likes of Scott Drew I think would still be really good. Um, the Sampsons I think would still be good. Oh, shit, I would even throw guys like Mick Cronin in there. I think they would still be good recruiters. It's It's guys that – I think those are the guys that come to my mind off rip painter i'd throw in that group not that he's a top recruiter but like painter's not getting anybody because the bag he'd still get his seven footers would you, would you still throw self in there yeah yeah I, I think i would too as much as he does have the resources i would still throw self in there yeah it's hard to separate because the bag is so much a part of what self does but um i do think he would still be great maybe like compared to cal perry i think I think if Cal didn't have bag access, he goes away. <laughs> is, is Todd Golden honorable mention for you? Uh no. Oh, okay. No, I don't talk about that man anymore. Um, I was gonna say Scott Drew. I think on the flip side of who would be ruined, I think Mark Few would crash and burn pretty quickly. Wow. I don't think he's convincing anyone to go to Spokane. Hmm. What about Tommy Lloyd? Um, to to be determined. I don't have enough on Tommy yet. I want to throw this out there for Tommy Lloyd because it's the theory I'm working on. It was great. It was great after he left Gonzaga. Had a great season. When does that Tommy Lloyd coming from Gonzaga? Maybe he was the behind the Gonzaga master. When does that kind of wear off? And I feel like Arizona comes back to earth a little bit. Probably after Caleb Love plays for his team. <laughs> I think that that might do it. Yeah, I I still am very in on Tommy Lloyd. Like I think last year's team was great. He just had a team that Kirk Riso was the best guard on, and you saw the dangers of that in the one single elimination game setting. He needs a better guard. I think this team should have better guards. I like Jaden Bradley. I like Boswell. I don't like Caleb Love. So uh, it'll be a true test of what Tommy Lloyd can do. I still am very high on Tommy though. Like I think he is in that next tier. Like if there are coaches to take over the elite tier after Bill Self and Cal leave at some point, my eye is on Tommy Lloyd. My eye is on Scott Drew because I think he has 20 years left. And my eye is on Matt Painter. Cart. If he, can, tang? if he can get over the hump and Tang, you can throw Tang in there. Those are my four. Uh, also, like one more I forgot to mention that would be ruined if the bag didn't exist. Laranaga would be gone. He really... Yeah, he would have retired like twenty years ago. I just think I just think the old man mystique just works for him. Really? Yeah, and just Miami. I think Miami in general too. I think just, it's life wallet. The city of that, Miami. I think it's life wallet that works for him more than anything. But okay, that too. Uh, Trevor says, speaking of quote corny things from yesterday's pod, in my opinion, the corniest thing in sports right now is when recruits are committing to a school and they do the whole ordeal of putting on a different hat, trying to fake out the crowd watching. It was cool for a little, but very corny. Now, why do I feel like you would love this move? Mm, It's played out. Mm. I will say that. And that's what makes it corny. Uh, I do have like a list of basketball corniness or icks that get to me. That's one of them. Another one is the putting a ridiculous number of percent that you're committed to a school bothers the shit out of me. 
I'm a thousand and fifty percent committed. Okay, like if you're gonna do that, I want people to be truthful because I know some of them aren't a hundred percent. Like if I'm throwing my recruitment post up, and I know I just want to maybe leverage a bag. I'm 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 seventy nine percent committed to Bama. I'm feeling good about going there, but I'm open. See, that would be great though if it flipped the other way. Like if if a five star recruit actually came out and said pleased to announce I'm 84% committed. Yes. <laughs> we would love that guy. We want to see that. I love that. I just don't want the lies. I don't want 5,000% committed. I feel like it's probably a good thing for the universe that you or I collectively were never a five-star recruit in anything because oh, I, I think God, I thank God every day he didn't give me division 1 basketball talents. I thank him every single day. He knew better. Yeah, we would have collectively between the two of us been historically horrible as people <laughs> doing that. Like I just would have trolled. Like I, I haven't understood why there isn't a recruit and maybe Dylan Harper's the closest thing to it, but I want a recruit who just like knows where they're going, has told people under wraps silently where they're going and is just out to troll that team's rival for the next 12 months. Like yeah, I, if, I, every, if I, every visit, all the gear, all of it. Yeah, like if I knew I was going to play for Juwan Howard, I'm spending the next 12 months of my life making Tom Izzo thinking I'm going to go play for him. Like that's all I would do. I'd make him waste Menace. his time. I don't get why anybody hasn't done that. And uh, final comments. Everybody's just responding to Trevor's great comment about uh, the hats. And uh, we have some Cliff Alexander dialogue going through between Coy and Rex. Uh, Coy says, on the bright side, at least Cliff ended up being a complete bum. Is that a fair assessment of Cliff Alexander? Complete oh, bum? Yeah he, yeah, he did. He did. He was good in college, wasn't he? He was okay. Very, I mean, he, the, the hype he had was ridiculous. They were calling him like the next Dwight Howard. But like when I think complete bum, I think Madi Sissoko. Okay, see why? Like Cliff was better than that, right? He, he made it to the NBA. That's not a complete bum. I mean, he made it for like what a couple months. I don't think he was ever actually in the NBA. Can you be a complete bum if you make it to the NBA for a couple months? I, I don't. You tell me. I don't think so. That's my stance. I don't think so. I don't know. You're the one with the teardrops. I don't know. I'm just coming to you for guidance. I, I did see a comment about that. Someone was mad at us for calling uh, someone bad, and they referenced the fact that I was like a D3 basketball player. And I guess I want to comment on that really quickly. I never, ever, ever stated that I'm better than any of the people that we talk about. I know I'm not. They played at a very higher level than me. That's understandable. But the position that we're in, I can't just call everybody good. That's if you want that, go find somewhere where they do that. But I'm not just going to call everybody good. Everyone isn't good. I'm not good but I can tell. So I just want to throw that out there. It's not a disrespectful thing. It's part of what we're doing. I think good is a relative term too. Like any player that plays college basketball at the division one level is objectively good at basketball in some sense, just like anybody who does a podcast five days a week is objectively good at podcasting. That doesn't mean that we are the best podcast in the world. Like on the scale of podcasts, our videos that get 500 views are not in the top 95% of podcasts in the world. So like you could say we suck as a podcast and you might be correct about it. 
So like, we're not going to get upset about that. We might fight you and Carter's big. He has hands. So I wouldn't want that, but I'm just saying, um, I don't think people should get upset when we call people bad or good or whatever. It is what it is. Okay. Good. Good day. Comments. Appreciate you getting us through hump day on a, a quiet. Mo- are you, what are you doing? This is like 20 seconds of quick hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, have you ever like boxed or anything, by the way? Like if you, if uh, anything? I mean, you mean like a title boxing class or something like well, that? Have you, have you ever like wrestled or boxed or any any of that shit? Like head to head fighting? I mean, I've I've boxed before, yeah. Like just a boxing class. Actually, I haven't been in that many fights in my life necessarily. Uh, I think it's because I'm physically imposing. People know, but I haven't really been in like multiple fights. I'm undefeated in fights in my life, but I haven't been in a lot. How many fights have you been in? Uh, I mean, is it like in a group setting or is it just like me one-on-one versus somebody? Like there's, there's a couple of different things that go into it. I'd like details on both categories. Uh, I mean, I've probably been in my, in my life, probably like 10 total. That seems like a higher amount than I was expecting when you said you have. Yeah. I've, I've been a part of a lot of group fights. So a lot of those are group fights. Okay. A lot of those are group fights that I have nothing to do with, but maybe a friend gets into an argument or something like that, and I come in like with a dirty shot. Very dirty fighter too. I'm not. I'm. I don't care if you're not looking. If you're not looking, that makes me want to swing. What about individual fights? Individual fights. I'm undefeated. How many have you been in? Mm, I would say probably three of those are individual fights, just like straight up one on ones. Can we get any details on who those were against and what happened? Oh no! Ask those guys. It's been another hour talking about this. This is great. Uh, the teardrops are strictly for Jim, right? They're not for any of your fight victims. No, this is all for Jim. It's for the it's for the victim of Ward Manual and the NCAA. I mean, look at you. You're really going to lengths for your boy Jim. I mean, it's impressive. I've never seen a man show this type of physical support for another human being the way you are showing love physically for Jim Harbaugh. I ride for four. I die for four. We might as well get to our topics. I'm sorry this episode is a mess, people. Uh, I'm trying out here. We're going to do our first rendition of Pick Your Final Four. So this is one of my favorite games in the season. Uh, I make many jokes throughout the season that I like. I just if if the final four was today, who's your final four? We do that like probably four times a week once the season gets here. Well, it's September 6th and we have nothing to talk about. So I want to play it today. As of today, September 6th, what's your final four for next season? I will note during the season, I gave us both shit. If we flip teams in and out of this, like the goal is supposed to be your four teams. You kind of ride or die for until it becomes clear. You can't ride or die for them anymore. Then you can adjust. But uh, hopefully whoever your four are, are four that last throughout the rest of the offseason into the season and you can ride or die for them a little bit so who are your four teams that you expect to make the final four as of today wednesday september 6th okay so i have michigan state spartans i have the kansas jayhawks i had the texas longhorns and then i have the alabama crimson tide whoa yes i've I'm recently have been swinging on bama a little bit for a couple reasons one Year two of an up transfer guard. I think Mark Sears has a really good year. 
Aaron Estrada from Hofstra, I think, is really good. Average like 20 there. I think he's a bucket. That's just a fun backcourt, I think. And also, addition by subtraction, they lost Javon Quinterly. I think that'll up the team a little bit. He was hurt, and I just don't think he played necessarily well coming down the stretch. Um, and I like Grant Nelson as well, the transfer from North Dakota State. So uh, I think I'm in on the Bama team to finally make a run. And I think it's predicated on their guard play as well. I would like the swing of everybody expected Bama to make it last year. And then they get all the guys out pretty much except for Mark Sears. And now this is the year. I like teams like that where it's kind of you don't see them coming, but they're still talented. Um, I would like to nominate Grant Nelson for this year's is he good or bad? Like he's either the the worst good player or the best bad player. I'd like to nominate him to take Arthur Kaluma's torch there. We'll see. I got I've been looking for Grant N- Nelson jerseys, Nelson jerseys. So yeah, all time like highlight guy, right? But um again, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's good or bad. He's Arthur Kaluma to me, kinda, which means he's obviously good, but is he like bad good or is he good bad it's one of the two i don't know what if i told you that uh I, I i don't hate that list at all i like those four teams i don't like bama i don't think they make the final four but i outside of that i like those three teams um, so you like texas well what if i told you cart uh, of your four final four teams only one of your four is on my list what what team would you think is the one on my list michigan state try again kansas Try again. Texas. I was going to try and surprise you here. So welcome. I only had five teams in contention here. Um, And Michigan state is the fifth and they're not going to make my cut quite frankly, because I think it's ridiculous to have two big 10 teams in a final four. I just think the conference is too far away from actually being that good. Even if I think Michigan state and Purdue are that good. So by default, I had to cut one and I did debate Purdue or Michigan state. I'm rocking with Purdue for now. Uh, I think Purdue is the best team in the country. I've been giving Mike Miller shit for this over at uh, the field of 68 daily because he's a Kansas fan and he keeps ranking Purdue first. And I keep telling him he's just reverse jinxing this. I don't think he's reverse jinxing it. I think Purdue has a very fair shot to be the best team in the country. I don't think Kansas makes the final four because Hunter Dickinson is their best player. And I don't believe you can actually make it that far with Hunter Dickinson as your best player. Uh, Next I have after Purdue, I have Duke. I think that Duke has the correct mix of uh, freshman stars with returning guys. Like it, people forget how much Duke has returning. Like it's insane that they didn't lose any of Filipowski, Proctor, Mitchell. That's insane. Like why did those guys not leave? I'm very confused by it. The brotherhood. Well, they're back, and they like adding McCall and the, the rest of these guys. McCall. Uh, Jer- McCain, sorry, McCain. McCall. Yeah, McCain, my bad. I, you know I'm bad with freshmen until they get on the floor, okay? Uh, just adding everybody they got with this is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'm buying Duke. My third team is Texas, as I mentioned. Uh, you've sold me on Texas mostly, and I would like to see Max Ace miss Magic again. So, uh, also kind of want to buy hard on Roddy Terry. I like that. Welcome. I'm willing to ride for Rodney Terry. And final team, UConn. I was considering UConn instead of Alabama, but I I didn't know if I wanted to reach on the back-to-back Final Fours. 
Yeah. UConn's the one, like if I was going to put two big 10 teams in UConn was the one that was out, but it felt wrong having two big 10 teams in. So I land on UConn. I think Klingon is just a non-negotiable superstar. Like if Klingon wasn't so good, I'd be more worried about this, but like we know at minimum Klingon is like 90% of what Zach Eady is. So I'm in on that. Um, I like the guys that like, they bring back around him too. Like, I think they bring enough pieces back from last year's team, yeah. even though they lose Hawkins and Snowgo. And then, uh, even though I make fun of him, Cam Spencer, like if he's your fourth, fifth option, I think that's a really yeah. good team. Love the, love the guards. Newton castle will be really good. Yeah. They, they got a couple guys who will be lottery picks if they play to their ceiling. I like your final four, Gregory. I like your final four, except I don't like Hunter Dickinson in it, but. It, it, I just I have a vision of Michigan State beating Kansas in the title game, and Hunter Dickinson's pulling like the JJ McCarthy watching the watching the confetti fall on Michigan State. Someone did say on Twitter, like, imagine Michigan finally gets over the hump, national championship game in football, and the only thing standing in their way is Keon Coleman, 180 yards, three touchdowns. And then Michigan State is back, Izzo, in the title game for the first time in 12 years. The only thing in this way is Hunter Dickinson going for 25 and 15. Like, Storybook stuff. It, it might happen. It genuinely might happen. Uh, so does that mean by default Texas is our team this year? Uh, I think to start the season, yes. But we need to see play style. Play style is huge for us. Play style, uniforms, dickheadness is huge for for who we like as our team but i like texas i think my largest problem with texas is aesthetically i can't get behind the burnt orange i can get really? behind it i, I, I kind of the burnt orange with the white script you don't like those i can get behind it for football really easily like something about the all white uniforms with the white helmets like i i like that for basketball, it just feels off to me. Like if you, you took love, this exact, you roster, love orange though. Like you love Syracuse. You not love that Illinois. orange though. I, I need a bright orange. I need a bright. Look behind me. Like you see any burnt orange behind me? No. Like come on. Um, I if you just took this exact roster, even the coach, everything, take everybody, put them in Kansas State colors and logos. I'm screaming that they're my favorite team in the country this year. I just, it's something about the orange, man. I'll try though. All right. Texas is our team. Uh, so just to recap, Purdue, UConn, Duke, Texas for me, Michigan State, Kansas, Texas, Alabama for you. Uh, obviously, we don't know the matchups, but let's just, let's play a little. Who makes the national title game? Who wins the national title? MSU versus Kansas. MSU wins. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Purdue against Duke in the championship. And I think Purdue wins. I think Purdue cuts down the nets. You don't want Purdue. You don't want Klingon versus Edie. Or does, uh, or does Edie I, I think does Edie beat Klingon to get there. I think he beats Klingon to get there. Yeah. That'd be, that'd Duke be beats Duke beats Texas by 56 points in the semi. Oh my. Then, then we get to the final and it's a, it's a classic. I think it's an instant classic. So we just to be clear though, we both have a big 10 team winning the national championship. Yeah, but also to be clear, we have a we have a final four with some final four teams in it too. That's what everyone needs. That is very true. Yeah. Uh no San Diego States in this final four. Some would say we're trying to save college basketball with our final fours. It needs it. From our words to your world. 
sleepers fans. All right, uh, let's move to Michigan State's latest visit they have lined up on the recruiting front for basketball. It's a guy you should be familiar with if you're a Michigan State basketball fan. Jace Richardson, son of Jason Richardson, not to be confused with Jace Howard, son of Jawan Howard, sons named Jace, very important part of the state of Michigan's collective basketball identity these days. Uh, depending on who you ask, wild different, uh, I guess, scouts on Jace. Some people think he is a legit prospect that could play at the best programs in the country. Some people think he's more of a mid-major player. He has, from what I've seen, definitely blossomed a little bit this year. Like He looks like a different guy. He's getting a lot more notoriety. He's having more productive moments on a big stage uh, at, at the grassroots level right now. So uh, what do you make of Jace Richardson? He is visiting Michigan State in a week. Uh, are you excited about Jace? Do you want Jace on Michigan State? And what's your what's your expectation here of this recruitment? Yeah, so with, with Jace Richardson, I, I will I will say this. I think you hit the nail on the head. He is a player who has improved um, a, a great deal over the last summer and has gotten better. And that's evident by uh, he's also had a bump in most recruiting rankings as well. But for me, and I, I say this by saying that Jace Richardson is a good basketball player. I think he's good. I think if he wants to come to Michigan State, you take him. I understand why Michigan State is actually recruiting him as well. But with that said, every time I watch Jace Richardson, it just never has – nothing's ever been like, wow, I want that guy. Or, wow, I see this guy being, uh, I don't know, a big-time prospect or anything like that. I just never have necessarily seen that. Um, he strikes me more as like a backup recruit type guy, like a guy you take if you don't get another guy. But with that said, there is something there. Obviously, his father played for Michigan State. And, you know, it, this really feels like it's just a me thing because everybody else speaks very highly of him. And you look at his, you know, recruiting list as well. I mean, right now, I'm pretty sure we're like head to head with Bama. And if Bama wants a guard, usually that bodes well, I guess. But I just every time I watch watch him I just never really came away like I never came away like he's bad but I never came away like oh this guy's really good like I want this guy and it really just might be a me thing if he wasn't Jason Richardson's son if his we've done this with other guys before but if his name was like Ben Williams and he was just a random dude what do you think he's ranked because 24-7 has him the 52nd nationally ranked prospect Number one kid in Florida, uh, eighth ranked combo guard, a four star recruit. I think they, I think he'd be somewhere in the eighties. Okay, so you think he's getting like a thirty spot bump off of whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Okay. I think he'd be somewhere in the eighties, but he's I a think, take. I think you're a little harsh on him. Is my I, stance? I know, oh, oh, I know, I am. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I don't like to fight you on high school guys because in general you're way more interested in that scene than I am. Honestly, I go to you for a lot of my opinions on this stuff, but from the tape that I have seen and from his offer list, I don't think you should have any hesitation with Jace, whether or not he was Jason Richardson's son. When you add to the fact that he is Jason Richardson's son, then he just becomes a priority recruit, maybe in a way that he wouldn't be because it is fun. Like you want program guys to, be around the program. And that would be a really cool story. But I don't think that has any overarching like pull on this. Like I, I think he is a good player. Um, I think athletically he can, he can do, uh, I mean, he's Jason Richardson's son. He's not Jason Richardson, but like 
he's an athlete and this isn't a Jace Howard situation where it was like, oh, he has some mid-major offers, but now he's going to come to Michigan. Maybe there's something there. Like Jace is a high major player without question. I do agree with you though, because when I have watched any like full game setting of him, anytime there's been an opportunity to do so, I never come away feeling like he's the best player on the floor, but I don't think that necessarily is an indictment of him. Like, not all high school players can be the best player on the floor. And I think he can do things to affect winning without being like first option guy in a way that could translate to a role at Michigan state, because he's never going to be asked to be the first option guy at Michigan state, even if he hits. So I don't know. I think you should be excited about the recruitment. I think Michigan state's going to get him. Like I'd be shocked if he didn't end up at Michigan state. Do you feel the same on that? Yeah, I'd be shocked. Uh, But also this bodes well, he has a younger brother, Jackson, who I really want, he's going to be really, really good. So that that'll be good. Keep it in the family. Bring the Richardson clan along. So just to summarize your feelings on nepotism, you are anti-nepotism across the board, except for when you're doing pre-nepotism to get the talented younger brother. Yes. Then you're pro-nepotism. Yes. If you're doing pre-nepotism work, then I'm in. Okay. But post-nepotism, like when you already got the good player, you owe nothing for nepotism, but when there yes. is the good player still coming, like if you flipped, I, it's, it's the foster lawyer, Fletcher thing. Like you, yes. you took foster because Fletcher was coming. That just didn't pay off for Michigan state in the end. Yeah. But if you flip yeah. them, like you don't even give foster the offer because you already got Fletch. Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. All right. With that, with that said, I hope Jace Richardson is really good for Michigan state. You have a lot of moving views on nepotism. Yeah, it, it's an ever-changing thing, too. So Michigan was right to take Jace because Jet was coming. No. Jet would have came without Jace. I don't know. Rick Barnes wanted Jet, man. Really? <laughs> really? I don't know. Does the name Jace scare you at all? You got to be honest. Like, the name Jace has to scare you. Yeah, but the thing is, it's his name is J- he's Jason Richardson Jr., and I've never ever, ever seen this. Jace is short for Jason. I don't think Jace Howard's name is Jason. I think his, I think his name is literally just Jace. It is Jace. They're spelled differently too. Um, I just think it's a massive missed opportunity to not go by Jason Richardson Jr. Like his his name literally should be Jr. Jr. Yes, <laughs> insane name and insane. Lean into it. Lean yeah, into it. Please. You have such an opportunity there. Uh, Izzo, chugging along, man. Top of the world right now. No one can stop that man. Best in the world. A cup of Buffalo trays and grit, just getting it done. Are there any other sons coming up? Like, does Kelvin Torbert have a son that's... Yeah, he was actually pretty pretty good. I think he's playing at Okemos now. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. Who else? What's Mateen's kid? There's a lot of kids going on. Yeah, I think Mateen's got a son who's pretty good, too. Okay. So is Steven Izzo coaching all these kids to a Final Four in a couple years? I hope not. Okay. All right. Well, um, so when does Jace commit? Does it happen on this visit or no? Uh, I think he'll still take his Bama visit, but I think it'll be fairly soon. Okay. But he's going right. to take that Bama visit. All right. Well, I, f- I feel like we got to talk you into Jace a little more. I think you're a little too down on Jace. Yeah, people have been trying to. Um, Maybe I'll get there oh, eventually. Sh- shocker. People have been trying to talk you into someone that's going to end up in Michigan State. 
Shocker. Oh, God. Here we go. Shocker. If he ends up at Bama, are we going to talk out of him? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll pray on his downfall, though, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Final exercise of the episode. Uh, most slept on player. I, I don't think that's the right words for what we're trying to do with this, but I basically asked you to come up with three guys who no one is talking about completely off the grid guys. Hopefully we've rarely, if ever mentioned on this show uh, who you think will end up being factors in big 10 basketball this season in one way or another. So call that slept on, call that under the radar, call that whatever you want. I can tell by your reaction to this. You did not play by my rules whatsoever. Like I did. I I threw this out that this is what we need to do. And then five minutes into us making our list, you said, is Ace Baldwin a good one? (laughs) He's the first option for their team. So I don't know what you landed on. Uh, I have three guys who are not starters who are pretty under under the radar. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, Can you go first? I'll go first just to build the suspense of your list, but I'm really scared for your list here. All right. I'll start with a, I'll start with a Michigan state player. How about that? I think Garrick Normand is a guy. And I think for rightful reasons, no one's talking about him because they don't really need anything from him this year to get where they want to go. Like the Garrick Norman could be a total zero for Michigan state this season, and they could still win the national championship. But He's not going to be a total zero because he's good and he's good at things. This Michigan state team could use. He is a really good shooter. He's a movement shooter. He has size to him, but most importantly, he has shit to him. And I don't even say he has some shit to him. Like that's a phrase we use a lot. He has some shit to him. No, he has shit to him. Not some, a lot of it. Gary Norman's a dog. And I don't like the dog thing. I make fun of Michigan State for doing the dog shit. But Gary Norman could go to Gonzaga or UCLA or Cal or anywhere on the planet, and he would be a dog. He's not just a Spartan dog. He's a dog. He is chippy. He has swag. He's competitive. He's feisty. Uh, and I just like like big wing shooters that have size and have shit to them in a big way. And I think truly, when you look at Michigan State, like they're going to play the three guards. They're going to have to play fears too, like that's great on paper. All those guys are good. We know, know that, but they're all small. And depending on what happens at the four spot, you have a lot of options. We normally calls there and Xavier Booker's there. I think it bodes really well that Michigan state has a big wing that can shoot the basketball. That's not something I think they've really had uh, off the bench, at least in past years. Like Pierre Brooks was pretty small. Um, and I, Cohen Carr can dunk. He can't shoot. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a role for Norman on this team. I'm excited for him. Long term, I love his prospects, but uh, I think he's a name people will know by like December this season. Okay. I love that. I actually, I guess I can ruin it. I had him on my list uh-huh. um, and I wrote next to it. Picture Russell Bird, but good and without Clarissa Bell. <laughs> That's harsh. We're a pro Clarissa Bell podcast. Yeah, I, I'm. That's not a Clarissa Bell slight. What? Why is Gary Norman better without Clarissa Bell? Then I'm just saying he doesn't have Clarissa Bell. Okay, so that would make him worse in my mind. So he's Russell Bird. I said Russell Bird, but good. But without Clarissa Bell, <laughs> I guess the Clarissa Bell part couldn't be added. But wait, <laughs> actually, I mean, they might be divorced now. 
Garrett Norman is Russell Bird, but good, and he's going to marry Clarissa Bell. Okay. Good luck clipping this. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, we like Garrett. All right. Should I go to my next guy, or do you want to do your next guy? I kind of want to do mine now. I want to cut you off. <laughs> go ahead. Mine is Gus Yaldin. Yeah, I think I knew, Gus Yaldin. I knew what? that. I knew that. Did you? Yes. I knew that he was going to be on your list. Yes. You couldn't say that for the end? You can continue, but. Uh, all right. Well, Gus Yaldin is a player who's not going to start, but I, I talked about him before. I think he has a really good skill set, really good energy. Um, he's just a guy who doesn't strike me as a normal Wisconsin basketball player, a.k.a. he's not lame. So, like, you have him with the siege, and I think those two guys are going to be something that's going to bring a little bit of life to the program. And uh, from everything I've seen, I don't like feeding into this type of stuff, but Wisconsin's been posting, like, a bunch of summer videos, and he looks like he's in impeccable shape, which is really, really good. Uh, so, yeah. You I'm like that, though? Aren't you, aren't, aren't you a pro out of shape guy, guy though? What? Like, you, last night when we were talking about who should you root for in tennis? You were like, who's the fattest tennis player? Like yeah, you like out of shape guys. Favorite athlete. They always pick like these in shape, 6% body fat guys. I need someone who's a killer with a little bit, a little bit of a beer gut. Yeah. Right. So Gus Yaldin getting in good shape feels like it would go against what you currently like. He gets in great shape, gets on campus in college season, gets a little bit of a beer gut. Okay. Noted. Okay. Yeah, I knew you were going to pick Gus. I don't have too many complaints about it. I think Gus Yaldin's good. I think there's a chance Gus Yaldin starts at Wisconsin by the end of the season. I don't think I it's that, that. I don't think it's that crazy. Stephen Crawl over Wall or Crawl. I think it would have to be over Crawl. Um, but Crawl's good. I don't mean to disrespect Crawl, but um, if Gus like hits, like if Gus just is a hit at what Gus can do, I think there's a chance he kind of overtakes that spot this year if not it definitely should be a year from now but i also get really scared that gus is jackson Kohler 2.0 and i don't want to make the same mistake we made last year uh i think gus yaldin actually is baby Jokic like i just think we're falling for the like short baby fat center with great footwork again and i always will do that yeah that I know. Is, that's my brand <laughs> I, I will too i just i don't know how to feel about it do you want to do your third or do you want to go back to me for my second I'll, I'll do my third. My third is from my Buckeyes, Devin Royal. I think Devin Royal isn't being talked about enough. I I think, well, he one, I'm very familiar with his game because obviously he was a Michigan State recruit. I think that he's the prototypical like four in the Big Ten dominate the conference type player. And, you know, we talk about we talked about Ohio State a couple times on this podcast and he doesn't rarely get brought up. It's always the other guys kind of first. Obviously, to add Jameson Battle, I feel like that kind of maybe cuts into his minutes maybe, depending on where uh, Holtman plays him. But Devin Royal is going to be a problem in the Big Ten for years to come. And I think he's just like – he's literally a, the prototypical four in the Big Ten who dominates. Like, that's who, that's who he is. Um, I get like – I've been trying to like come up with player comps for him. Um, and I don't mean to – and I don't mean this to disrespect him because I think very highly of this player, but think like Nigel Hayes at Wisconsin. Like, I think he can be that type of player. I don't think that's disrespect at all. I think that's pretty high praise. Okay. Well, some people feel differently about Nigel Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. He was a controversial guy. Um, 
I yeah, I like Devin Royal. I think that's one that uh looking back, Michigan State is gonna be like, damn, wish we had gotten Devin Royal. But uh Michigan too. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't he closer to Michigan State? Yeah, yeah. Davis Davis tried to tell us he was coming to Michigan, and then it was like, we think he's going to Michigan State. Um yeah, but you guys won't feel hurt about it because you're just bringing in top classes still. Michigan is bringing in nobody, so that will sting a little bit. I like your picks. I uh, I don't like the Gus pick as much because I think he might be over the line of too good for this exercise, but I like the other two. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Should I do my second one now? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. No, it's all good. Uh, second one for me is uh, my namesake, my brother, Brian Waddell, and this might be a little bit of a cheat code because... He was under the radar three weeks ago, and now maybe you could argue he's not under the radar. But I still think outside of Purdue circles, no one knows who he is. So I'm going to count this, and Purdue fans might be like, he's on the radar. Sorry, my bad. But uh, he he shouldn't be in this rotation. I'll just call it what it is. Like On paper, there are too many good wings that Purdue has that should live up to their potential and be better than Brian Waddell. The problem is from what I saw on the overseas trip, Brian Waddell looks like he might be the best one of all of them. <laughs> and it happened out of nowhere because like we saw Purdue in person last year, we watched just even like warmups and all that stuff. Like Brian Waddell was not a dude like this at all last year. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's physical or what, but he is hitting shots. He physically looks the part. He had some highlight reel dunks on the overseas trip. And again, competition level aside, because they were playing like rec league guys. Uh, he was notable because he stood out in a productive way, in a way that even miles Colvin didn't like all the hype on miles Colvin is still empty gym dunks right now. And that's great. His athleticism is cool. Brian Waddell is doing stuff in a game setting for Purdue that none of their other wings are doing. So I think at the end of the year, there's a really good chance. I'm not saying he's going to start, but like in that group of Morton, Hyde, Colvin, Gillis to an extent, I would not be surprised if Brian Waddell cuts in to all of those guys' minutes in a big way. Yeah, I, I actually did have him on my list, but I crossed him out last second for Devin Royal. Nice. So we're so, kind of on the same page on this. Yeah, we're aligned. Let's go to one that we're definitely not going to be on the same page on. My third one. Oh, uh, Yo-Yo. Cam Christie. Little Christie, bro. <laughs> I think he's going to score like 10 a game for Minnesota, and nobody knows who he is right now, which I guess maybe no one still will know who he is because 10 a game in Minnesota, maybe you still don't know who he is. But uh, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good right away because Minnesota needs him to be, and I like what I've seen from all the tape. You can make fun of it if you want to. I think he's a dude. I think he's going to end up a better player than his brother was in the Big Ten. All right, so one big thing. <laughs> Are you just not willing to talk about that family ever again? That's it? Yep, I'm good. You got another eye that's open for teardrops. You want to put some Christie family teardrops on that one? No, they don't no no teardrops fall in the Christie household. They're always there to wipe them and make them a sandwich. He's it's hooping. Okay. He's on it's he's, okay. He's LeBron James teammate and he looks great right now. Like, can you please put some respect on his name? I know it's the whole Spartan dogs until you leave the kennel thing, but like, come on. He put in his gear. He did his time in East Lansing, and now he's in LA doing his thing like Keon Coleman is in Tallahassee. All right. <laughs> Come on. 
right. All right. <laughs> Weird episode today. I don't know what Carter's on. Let's get to one big thing. Actually, can I can I throw a random ambush topic before one big thing that we spent three minutes on? Sure. I want to talk about tennis. I want to talk about the U.S. Open. you Because you and I are texting a lot about tennis offline, and we probably could have made this a whole topic on the show. But uh, Ben Shelton with the big upset win last night. American guy beats Francis Tiafo. Uh, I have some Tiafo takes that will kind of blend in with my one big thing in a moment. But um, just what's what's your general stance? You love Ben Shelton? You think he's the guy? I, I don't know. I feel like every tennis player that that you that I've been like a fan of, you have put me on. So I've been trying to find some guy to kind of latch myself on to support and go along for the ride with. And I think I want to choose that with Ben Shelton. And it might backfire. This this might be like when I texted you and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be Bryson DeChambeau because he was hitting it super far. Like that might be the same type of vibe. It might be the same type of vibes because Ben Shelton just has like this ridiculous serve. But uh, he does make a lot of mistakes like you like you noted. But he's the guy I think I want to like stake my claim to, and especially like among the USA guys like Tommy Paul, obviously, is in my top five. I mentioned that to you. But I think Ben Sheldon is the young bull I want to rock with. And it does factor in that he looks like me. Like we're both light skin. I got to I got I got to pull for him. At what point do you draw the line on getting to claim every light skin skin tone person looks like you? What are the rules on that? I actually think he does look like me. You say Coleman Hawkins looks like you. You say he looks like you. I never said Coleman you say Hawkins the looks rock like looks me. like you. Yes, yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, it, it. I mean, shit. The light, if the skin fits. I'm not shitting on it. I just want to know so I can like abide by the rules of whatever the rules are on that. I don't think you look like Ben Shelton at all, for the record. Um, okay, but you do have similar skin complexion. But I, I don't think that gets to mean you look like him. You have none of the same facial features as Ben Shelton. I feel like we got, we both got, you know, nice. Nice white TVs. Like, am I? Do I get to claim every white guy? I look like every white guy. I mean, you could. I might have to start doing that. Actually, I kind of like that. I wouldn't uh, bulk at it. So, okay, I I want to like Ben Shelton. My problem with Ben Shelton is if you listen to his interview after the game, he like the way he parades himself around the court, like putting on a show, is nothing like the actual human being he is. And I don't like guys like that. Like, Kyrgios is who he is. He plays like a dickhead because he is a dickhead. Carlos just plays with this loving, infectious joy because that's who he is. Like, he wins or loses, he gets on the mic, and he's like, I just love tennis. I'm so happy to be here. Like, that's awesome. Novak is an anti-vax asshole who will kill anyone to compete. Like, that's that's who they are, and that's what makes them great. Ben Shelton, I don't think, has a clue who he is, and he's 20, so he has time to figure it out. But like the whole like pick up the phone, put the phone down after he beat him, like all this like like he was mean mugging after every big point, but he's supposed to have the best serve on tour and he double faults twice in a tie break when he was serving for the tie break. Uh and then yeah, gets gets the mic handed to him after and he's just like giddy that he gets to play no like he's won like twenty three straight, really. <laughs> like I just I can't. I can't do it. And I think Americans want to root for Americans. I don't want to root for Americans. Uh, the American tennis players aren't fun. They're not good. Uh, Tommy Paul is the only one that I can truly like. I love that guy. I want to like Francis, 
but Francis is the laziest dude on tour, man. And like, I, I somehow I think it's literally because like he he has swag. He has a lot of swag, and he plays a fun brand of tennis. But like, he has this reputation of like the biggest hustle guy that gets to everything. He straight up doesn't. Like Shelton was hitting winners from twenty feet behind the baseline, and Francis didn't even get a racket on it because he didn't move his feet. And I've never seen that before. Like Carlos is getting to all those balls. So I don't, I don't get where Francis's reputation comes from as like a lovable dude who outworks everybody. Cause I think he's just like a talented dude. Who's not built for the big moment. Never wins in a big spot. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm just word vomiting, but Francis Tiafo's path to this cart was learner. Tian Sebastian offner rinky Hijikata. And then a 20 year old named Ben Shelton who double faulted twice away a tie break and Francis still couldn't put him away. Yeah, that's that's a tough look. That's Look, a horrible that goes look. under a category of things you hate to see. It's a horrible look. But I feel confident in my top five tennis players. I'm throwing that out. Yeah. I got Carlitos in there. I got Ben Shelton. This is no order. I got Sheldon. I got Kyrios. I got Medvedev and I got Paul. I love your love for Medvedev right now. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Carlos is just so far and away for me. It's hard for me to even put other people. Do you think maybe you should think about making a tennis career comeback now that you're just like eating fruit and running? So I do. I have like a, you, could, you could be the lanky great white hope for the team USA. I have a former coworker that I play tennis with recreationally. And we'll say this too, like from a an adult grown man sports perspective, playing tennis with someone who is your skill level is one of the greatest things you can do. Like it, it's up there with pickup hoops for me as far as enjoyment levels go, but you got to have someone that's your skill level. Cause if you're just playing someone you would beat, if you played your best, it's not even fun. But uh, yeah, I have a coworker who is like pretty much, he's probably a little better than me. He probably wins like 60% of the time we play, but that was again, before I was running and eating fruit. So uh, once I, if I, if I can beat him like 90% of the time, maybe I'll think about a little professional comeback. Hey, why not? What do you think the score is if me and you play? Is like six oh six? Is it game wise? Is it like six oh six oh six oh? Yeah. You don't think I'm getting one? You might get points. You're not gonna game. I won't get a game. I mean, you gotta beat me four out of seven points to get a game. Four out of six. I mean, you four, four out of seven. You, you could fall. Double fall. I got to see you with a racket. I packed tennis stuff when we were going to golf, but you're a little grumpy after golf. So we didn't golf. It was also a monsoon. <laughs> this is true. I'm blaming it on you, but it was, it was the weather. Uh, we should set it up. I do think it would be six. out. you would probably win a point or two, but okay. We need, we need to set that up. I am curious though. Like when I watch tennis, I'm curious. Like if I got on a court with Ben Shelton, am I winning a point? No. You don't like someone that is fluent in tennis, even just recreationally, isn't winning one point out of a hundred against a pro. Wait, you said one point or what? Sorry, one point, still, not a I'm, game. I'm still, I'm still getting my my thing, my my terminology. You're saying a point, not a game. Yeah, not not a game, just a point. I, it's hard for me to oh. compare because it's like football. I, yeah, like no, you, no, no. I I think you would because mm-hmm. I, it, there could be many things that he could miss. A, he could miss a one, like you know, like hit it out. Yeah. Okay. A little unforced error. 
Are you yeah, saying? Are you are are you saying? Could you get a a true point like you like you do like a, a forehand cross court and Shelton just can't get to it? No, it would never be like that. But I'm just saying, like, is there? I'm curious about it. I don't know because I know like if you made me play one on one with uh, Jordan Poole a hundred times, I'm not scoring on him once if he wants to guard me. Like I'm I'm just not scoring on him once, and I'm not stopping him once. Uh, if you put me on a football field in space against any running back. I'm not tackling them once. I think in tennis, I could get a point, just a point. And if I played one set against a professional tennis player, I think I could get a point, but I don't know how delusional I'm being in that. I would bet that you get a point. At what odds? Uh, like, like plus one, plus one seventy. Okay. I think that's a little disrespectful. It's plus 170 for me to win a point. But uh, okay, we can come back to this. We can come back to Jesus. This. I, there was nothing I could have said there that would have went well for me. We can come back to this. One big thing presented by Big B. Uh, I put my Big B coffee today in uh Yeti mug, sleepers Yeti mug, by the way. Great coffee though. Go to Big B, get your favorite coffee. Cart, what's your one big thing presented by Big B? Uh my one big thing for today is it has to do with I, I got to see how I want to word this. Okay. It has to do with family. And I feel like the last couple of one big things I've done, it's, it hasn't been necessarily genuine or thoughtful. And I want this one to be thoughtful for those of you who are still blessed enough to have your mother and your father out in this world. They appreciate more than anything, a call, a visit and, or a text. So in the hype of the world and the hype of live betting and the hype of watching tennis, Sometimes just throw your dad or mom a nice little text. I prefer a voice note. They, my parents love voice notes. Throw them a nice little voice note. It makes their day. Appreciate your parents while they're here. I had a conversation the other day with somebody, and I was talking about how I saw my parents over the weekend, and you know they literally went off kind of on a tangent about how they don't get to see their parents uh, as much as they used to, and it made me grateful for that. So for those of you out there who do stay in contact with your parents regularly, Keep on doing you. For those who don't, do it more. Okay, be a, be a, be a good son or daughter. Wow, is this coming from a specific example? Yeah, I, I just I sent my I sent my mother a voice note the other day, and she just loved. She responded back, not even replying to my question, just saying that she loved that I sent her a voice note, and that's where it came from. Can we talk about the Instagram you put up? I love when you do an IG drop. By the way, you always do like a a ten picture carousel usually and yeah. it's always fantastic the the last picture in the carousel for anybody that doesn't follow you was a screenshot of texts with your mother would you like to talk through what that conversation was yeah i asked her was i doing tummy time when i was younger and she said yeah and i was like why she goes well you're two months old stupid and i was like well i could have been like doing something that applied to basketball something basketball adjacent and I could have been great. Like you got to instill greatness from birth. And I don't know if my parents did the best job of that, to be honest with them. And I let them know that if I did like a parent review, a parent report card, they would get doc points. I don't think they instilled greatness from the, from the moment they, they, you know, they had me. What letter grade are you giving your parents then for, for raising you? Like a B minus. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know you don't mean it as a bit, but it's my funniest bit from our show is you shitting on your parents. I'm not sure they had they gave me a great and blessed life, but I'm saying early on, don't know if greatness was instilled. <laughs> Minus is crazy. Especially off the note of just text your family that you love them. <laughs> That'd be mine. All right. uh, what, what grade are you get? What grade are you giving your parents? A, A plus. Oh, you oh you didn't say A plus at first. Connie and Dave, listen to that. A plus, A plus. Love my parents. They did a great job. Uh, <laughs> minus, man. You are making me rethink like what I do with my daughter, though. Instill greatness. What does that mean, though? Like, I don't know what she's gonna. Is she a volleyball player? I don't know. Right now, I do have her. Whenever we watch tennis, uh, like I'll flip her around in my chest so she's facing the tv and just sitting on my lap and i'll hold her two arms and we'll pretend that whoever the player is closest to us we work on forehands and backhands see that's instilling greatness okay so then i'm off to a good start yeah like we need that like i i love that mal's like getting her to talk and stuff like that but what's that gonna do for her athleticism you know what i'm saying like you doing the forehand and backhand thing is what's needed Okay. All right. Then I think we're covered. Appreciate your help on this. Let's yeah. move to my one big thing. Uh, okay. Different note, clearly, than you saying you hate your parents, but tell them that you love them. Uh, so know. You know what? Here we go. I don't hate my parents. You let's, hate let's the go. way they raised you, but you love them. I mean, I, it's constructive criticism. Is that not part of life? They probably would come back and say, I could have been a better son. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad at that. Okay, what what did different? What grade are Luther and Mary Rose giving you as a son? Uh, you know, I think I was I was like a what, what do they call it in baseball? Five tool, three tool. I was a five tool son. I did it like I did. I was good. Uh, didn't get in much trouble. Uh, did a good job of raising my two younger sisters, being a good big brother as well. Won, won ten fights. Yeah, like I yeah I was <laughs> man, I was pretty solid. So what grade are they giving you? What grade are your parents giving you as a son? If you gave them a B minus, what are they giving you? Uh, they probably give me like a C plus. What are you giving you as a son? Oh, what am I giving me as a son? Oh, I was at, I was an A minus. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you really are just a generational talent. I just want to say that like you because you genuinely feel all of these things like none of this is a bit to you. This is just like who you actually are. And that's what makes this whole thing go. It's I feel lucky to be a part of your life in any serious way, my friend. Uh, OK, my one big thing is uh, I want everyone to acknowledge that in sports, high stakes moments doesn't mean you're watching high level play. This came to mind for me while watching tennis last night. It's the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open on the main court at Arthur Ashe, and it's the first time in tennis history that we have two black men playing in that spot. That's awesome. It's incredible. That's a really high-stakes moment. It just so happens to be two black American men playing. Super dope. Everyone's excited. I hope there were more eyes watching that tennis match than we've had on a tennis match all year. Hope that's true. It was not good tennis and that's yeah. not, that's not disrespect to them, but like Shelton is supposed to have the biggest serve on tour. He didn't serve 
overly well. He got broken like six times in the match and was double faulting in big moments. Uh, Francis looked gassed from the jump. The announcers were just like, this is not at all what we expected. He looks rattled. He's not here. And I think now I'm going to sound like a snob, but I think people who actually like care and watch enough tennis had the takeaway I did of like, damn, these guys didn't play their A game and that's a bummer because they can play their A game and it could have been electric. Like when we get Carlos and Novak on their A game, there's nothing more electric than that. But we don't have to pretend that that moment was some crazy, awesome, special moment. It was just a high stakes moment that was special. We had two black players. They both played like shit. And it's a bummer they both played like shit. And if Ben Shelton plays like that against Novak, Novak's going to wipe him off the floor immediately. And Cart, to tie it back to basketball, this is what we had at the Final Four. And I don't think we had the listeners we do now, but I went on a rampage on this and nobody heard it last year. We didn't have to pretend that it was good for the sport that the Final Four had like four top 30 teams in it. I want to see good teams show up in big moments. Nobody did. Uh, just because we got to see Florida Atlantic and San Diego State come down to a buzzer beater. Yeah, it was fun. That doesn't mean it was great basketball. Okay. So I want to just draw the line on that. High stakes moments does not mean it's great play. We don't have to act like it is. Let's hold our stars accountable. I like that. I'm not I'm not mad at that. And even as a, a novice tennis watcher, I can say that it wasn't it wasn't like electric tennis. Like there was a couple of shots in there that were good. But even the announcers brought up like Ben Shelton getting broken. It was seven times he got broke and somehow he was still up and it, it and gave Francis so many opportunities to actually, if he wanted to, he could have really put his foot down on Shelton and he just didn't. So it wasn't necessarily electric tennis. I will say that. And it's really more about Francis too. Like I don't, I'm coming across as really harsh on Ben because that the forehand winner that Ben hit when he was down after the two double faults, yeah. that was electric. Yeah. But like it, if you get broken seven times and you're Ben Shelton and you win the match in four sets, that's that says something about your opponent and how they played that game. So uh, we'll see big day for the U S open today. Uh, I've said it. I think Novak got a stack draw, like an easy draw. Yeah. All Americans. Novak gets to waltz through shitty Americans on the way to the final. Every good player left in the tournament is on Carlos's side. We get to see more matches today. When are the semis? Uh, semis, we have the last day of the quarterfinals today. So there's like a one thirty men's match and then at 8 PM men's match. Who, 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 who plays today? We got Carlos against Zverev and Zverev actually leads the lifelong series in that three, two. So Ooh. big one. And then, uh, we have Rublev Medvedev Rublev is hurt, which is a little sad. Um, but should be good. If those guys are healthy, it would be actually, I think it's Zverev. That's, I get Zverev and Rublev can confused a lot i think zverev's hurt rublev's not okay so then the 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 semis could end up being uh carlitos and Med medvedev and novak and shelton shelton yeah and in which case novak will win six one six two six two and uh carlos and medvedev would probably be a classic okay well that'd be that's that'd be good to see it's gonna be a good sports weekend i also want you before we exit off of here to really keep that phrase in mind because that was also a bar. What was it? High just because it's high stakes doesn't mean it's high quality or high level. High stakes moments doesn't mean high level play. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I appreciate how much love you're showing me for little quips today. And I appreciate all our listeners as well here at the Sleepers Podcast. Two more episodes coming this week. 
Hopefully we have some things to talk about tomorrow because we're, we're running low on topics. We probably will do some NFL though, because a uh, big weekend of football coming up and Riley Friday should be back on Friday. I think we haven't confirmed that, but uh, I, I would expect Riley Friday makes his triumphant return to the show. Riley Davis. So I appreciate you cart. Appreciate your parents for giving a B minus effort, raising you. And I hope everybody has a wonderful effort today. Free Jim at Highland. We're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.